The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman. And we're here to talk about the old oak and bucket. Indiana's 2023 season is coming to an end. Uh, and as always, it's Purdue uh, this time at Ross Aid Stadium for the Old Oak and Bucket. Uh, we'll go back, talk a little bit about the old brass platoon, what we saw against Michigan State. Uh, we'll talk uh, a little bit about, you know, what it means for the program uh, in that regard. And then we'll get into the bucket game. We'll talk matchups to watch, the importance of the bucket, and, and keys to, to victory. So, TJ, welcome in. Uh, how are you doing? And let's get down to Michigan State. Uh, Indiana lost 24-21, uh, lost, drops them to 3-8. and eight. Uh, They lose uh, the spittoon to Michigan State. Um, but, yeah, welcome into the show. Yeah, I mean, just uh, we've kind of talked about this before, and it's definitely applicable the past two weeks, uh, just finding ways to lose. That's what Indiana has done. Um, a lot of things where you look at it and say, well, that's positive, that's positive, that's positive. And then a lot that you look at and say, man, that's frustrating, and we lost. Uh, just you, you go back and look at the advanced stats or even just a regular box score of this game, Indiana should have won. They should have won the game. Yep. And they – find a way to give up in uh, two minutes and 47 seconds, an eight play 75 yard drive um, that gives Michigan state the lead. And then IU gets in position for, for a field goal attempt and goes for it on fourth and one to uh, I, I understand the general line of thinking, there with the end game scenario, um, you know, you, it's a long field goal attempt, Chris Freeman. I don't think there's much confidence there in the long range kicking for Freeman. I think they feel really good about him from short to medium, uh, but long range, not much confidence. Um, so fourth and one, you elect to go for it. You've run the ball well, particularly in short yardage situations, really all day. Uh, felt confident you could push Michigan State back and get the first down, and they did. And then take a shot to the end zone. E.J. Williams did not get the memo and broke off the route. Thorsby throws to the end zone, which I think was clearly the plan. Um, a pass short there to Williams doesn't really make any sense. So I think Sorsby had the right of it to throw to the end zone. And then the officials, as they are wont to do in an IU football game, uh, make a mind-boggling decision to throw an intentional grounding flag. You're back to a long-range field goal. And, of course, at that point, it was just completely expected that that kick was not going to be good. 
Uh, and it was not. So you find a way to lose. Um, the positives from the game, I, I think you have the continued, um, I, I would say, progression of Trent Howland as your kind of go-to back. Uh, I thought him and Henderson were both pretty good against Michigan State. That's a good uh, you know, good one-two punch. And Howland moving forward, I think, is a guy you'd feel pretty good about as a member of your backfield in 2024, um, he had, uh, you know, another touchdown, just a lot of no explosive runs, but a lot of very solid runs. Uh, he's a physical runner and is really using his size to his advantage. Um, now that Soresby started out very, very shaky and then settled into the game and ended up um, playing, playing pretty well. Uh, outside of the inconsistency with the accuracy at the beginning of that game. Um, I, I think Donovan McCauley clearly banged up, but he continues to show that when he is healthy, he can be a go-to receiver. Um, and then Dequeese Carter, I think, and EJ Williams as well, uh, continue to come on. And then I, I have to give a little bit of credit to Rod Carey, I thought that there were a couple of red zone plays that were really well conceived, well drawn up and well executed, which is something we don't see very often uh, from IU's offense. So credit to, to Rod Carey. They were both of the tight ends, Trey Walker and James Bamba uh, getting open looks inside of the 10 yard line. And they were well executed as IU kind of used the run game success they had uh, to fake the run, roll source beat out of the pocket, which is where he has been at his best, and allow him to just really toss it uh, to the tight ends who more or less walked into the end zone for those plays. Uh, source beat continuing to use his legs pretty well. He had 85 yards rushing. Um, that is a, a weapon that I think an Indiana quarterback has to have. Yep. I don't think IU can afford to have a statue, and Soresby has that. Uh, for me, he has shown enough to where you feel pretty good about him being your quarterback in 2024 and beyond yep. if he can continue to progress. You know, obviously yep. he can't just be the player he is today. He's got to continue to progress, but you've got to like what you've seen so far out of him if you keep in mind he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, the biggest concern and disappointment for me is that the secondary has just completely fallen apart. Uh, they, they don't tackle well at all. I mean, the, the tackling from the secondary is a joke. Uh, and then the, the coverage, I mean, yeah, they didn't give up a record-setting performance to a backup quarterback this week. Yay. Well, he did get but, Big Ten Freshman Player of the Week on offense. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at Kaiten Hauser's totals before – Saturday's game and these are the games that he he started he had a, a they were kind of splitting quarterbacks early on but 133 101 117 165 92 that's bad that's really bad we went over Michigan State's offensive numbers they really had nothing positive on offense coming into this game and then he throws for 245 with three touchdowns I mean IU didn't give up basically anything in the running game to Michigan State. They held the Spartans to 2.3 yards per carry. It was a great job 
against the running game. Yep. But the pass defense was so bad. Yep. So and you had bad. another another receiver. Made Malik Carr looked like a star. He was named not. Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week. Um, but yeah, it's the the, the defensive secondary. And, you know, Philip Dunham got benched in the second half after he failed to secure the tackle and just literally tried to rip the ball out and let the guy uh, go another, whatever, 15, 20 yards for a touchdown. Um, I, yep. I get they're mi- missing Noah Pierre back there and they're missing some, you know, you miss Nick Toomer uh, back there. But, hey, Nick Toomer was healthy against uh, Illinois and, you know, Noah Pierre – I mean, the the pass defense was getting cut up most of the year uh, as well. But let's switch focus to the bucket game, TJ, and talk a little bit about the importance of it. Both teams are coming mm-hmm. in at three and eight. Um, you, you said in your know your opponent, it's the lowest combined record of, of the two teams since 2014. And we all remember that classic uh, with Xander Diamont pulling the ball out of D'Angelo Roberts's stomach for the game-winning touchdown. But, um, you know, it, it's Purdue's also in transition. They brought in Ryan Walters, a hotshot young coach from Illinois, uh, who's, you know, that defense at Illinois last year had a couple pros on it, was statistically the best defense in the country. Um you know, you have a lot of momentum built up under Jeff Brom. You you went to the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, and, you know, you, you thought you got the guy to continue it. Uh, you, you bring in some transfers who, you, who uh, they thought would work out. It hasn't. They're sitting at three and eight. You know, so for, for this is a chance for Indiana to put Purdue behind the sticks uh, in terms of, hey, new coach. And you and you lost to to this Indiana team at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's you know it it raises a lot of questions, and uh, like we were talking before the pod, it might be like you said, might be more damaging to Purdue to lose than helpful for Indiana for Indiana to win. Yeah, yeah, I think this game, and really, you have to look at it in two different lenses. The first lens is, is Tom Allen coming back regardless of the result in 2024? We don't know that yet. Um, Obviously, if an announcement had been made, that would be the lead story on this podcast and on our site. Um, Don't know. Uh, I would hope that IU has made a decision one way or another and that this, you know, outcome is not going to impact that. Um, if Tom Allen is coming back, then I think the game takes on equal importance for IU as it does for Purdue, because it's the in-state game that really is going to determine, do you have any momentum whatsoever moving forward? If Tom Allen's not coming back, then I think the, the importance of the game shifts entirely to Purdue. Uh, there's already a sense of, uneasiness uh, amongst just, I I would say the general Purdue fan base, obviously we cannot paint with a, 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 you know, broad brush and say, well, every Purdue fan is concerned about Ryan Walters and the future of the program. Uh, 
that we don't know that, but the general consensus appears to be in their online fan message boards, fan websites, uh, Hammer and Rails is their SB Nation site, and they do a pretty good job um, on that site covering football. Uh, there appears to be a general consensus that, look, we signed Ryan Walters to a six-year deal. That might have been too long. It looks like he's not ready for this. He needed a, you know, a, a lower-level job as a head coach before being named head coach at Purdue. We're losing divisions. The schedule is going to be getting harder. Uh, there's questions about Purdue's NIL setup. But I think there's there's very real concerns that Purdue um, kind of was at at the peak of the mountain with Jeff Brom last year, which again was largely due to the division setup. But hey, I don't blame him for claiming it. Um, and now you don't have Jeff Brom. He's at Louisville. They're ten and one, and the guy that we have, it doesn't appear to be going very well. So. If you beat Indiana, you can say, all right, we won a few Big Ten games. We had a really hard non-conference schedule. Let's get that addressed moving forward. Went 4-8, and eight, but we got the win against IU, and we can move forward. And recruiting has gone decently for them. Um, so you, you could paint a picture that, you know, let's move forward to year two, get our feet under us, and, and here we go. A loss to this Indiana team, especially if if after IU wins, Tom Allen gets let go, that becomes a really, really tough sell for Purdue moving forward into 2024. Um, So it's a big opportunity for IU as a program just to, uh, like you said, really stick Purdue behind the schedule uh, that they would have under Ryan Walters and place some serious doubts about uh, his feasibility moving forward. He's not going to be, you know, on the hot seat or whatever, but I think it would just ratchet up the anxiety for Purdue fans as they move into the off season. Um, looking at the matchup, both these teams are three and eight for a reason. Uh, there's not a whole lot that either one of them do all that well. Um, uh, for Purdue, biggest question mark right off the bat is going to be who's playing quarterback. Um, you know, Hudson Card sat out the Northwestern game. He was kind of a late scratch. Uh, a rib injury was the report. Don't know what his status is going to be, but I would assume that he would play. Uh, he was not listed as out until right before that Northwestern game. So I, I don't think it's a long-term thing, uh, but we'll see. Uh, they did rotate two different quarterbacks um, in their, their last contest uh, against Northwestern, which was a 23 to 15 defeat. Bennett Meredith and Ryan Brown, both of them very raw, very inexperienced. Uh, Ryan Brown was the much better of the two. Um, he wasn't great, particularly throwing the ball, but he did uh, have 85 yards rushing. Um, this, they they kept the ball on the ground pretty much all game. Uh, ended up getting 439 yards of offense, and that's because of 303 yards on the ground. And I, I think you're going to see 
more of the same if Hudson Card doesn't play. You're going to see them try to do more of the same. Even though IU's secondary appears to be where you should attack, uh, I, I do think that Purdue, without Hudson Card, would just try to pound the ball. Two good running backs, Tyrone Tracy and Devin Mockaby. Mockaby ran wild on the Hoosiers previously, so I would think the IU defense would want to get some factor of revenge there. Um, I think that if Hudson Card doesn't play, it's a matchup that does work into IU's favor some uh, because I think that the run defense for the Hoosiers has been pretty solid. Uh, I think if Hudson Card does play, you're looking at potentially a, another very big day through the air for an opponent. Um, and my guess is if Hudson Card is close to good to go, he's going to do whatever he can to get on the field because he is probably licking his chops uh, to put up uh, some big numbers. Yeah, and the, the Purdue's loss to Northwestern wasn't as close as the score indicated. You know, Northwestern right, was right. up twenty three seven. Purdue scored a touchdown with three oh six left in that game, and you know, good for Northwestern. Um, that they've overcome a lot, but Purdue also put up four hundred and forty three three yards, but they turned the ball over four times, and that's something that yep. IU has kind of done better over the last few weeks since the Penn State game is take the ball away from from opponents they got two at Illinois they got two last week although they gave it right back against Michigan State uh and then they got a couple yeah. against Wisconsin yeah. as well uh, along with some fourth down stops so you know that that that's one key to the game is and especially in a rivalry game like this is who who's going to give the ball away um and right now, Purdue Purdue's giving the ball away. I use offense under Soresby has taken care of the ball pretty well. Uh, I know they lost two turnovers uh, against Illinois as well. One of them was on an overthrow that should have been called a holding, and then the other was a, a fixable mistake in, um, you know, the mesh point handoff to Josh uh, Josh Henderson, but it's it could come down to to takeaways and turnovers and indiana has been getting hot in that category on defense even in the secondary which has been plagued the last couple of weeks giving up big plays they have been able to get those interceptions that they were not getting against maryland rutgers uh in, in the middle of the season there yeah i think that there's it's interesting because the secondary has Forced some turnovers, um, which is the positive. But looking at what this wide open guys in the secondary, I'll give credit to Michigan State's receivers, uh, Malik Carr and Montori Foster. They made some really tough catches. Um, credit to them. But I think by and large, the secondary, mainly the the safety play just has got to get better. Um, I don't think that I use safeties take good angles um, on plays when they are playing the ball. I don't, they, they do not tackle well at all. Um, and then the, the corner play seems to me, and this is an amateur analyst here talking, but it does seem to me like there are far too many times when I use corners, 
are playing very soft coverage and just allowing quick slants or quick outs for easy passes to opposing quarterbacks for 10 to 15 yards. Uh, I don't know if they're worried about getting burnt deep, if they don't trust the safety play, so they have to play deep uh, and soft coverage on the, as the corners. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is for it, but I think that a secondary part of those completions is that opposing quarterbacks get really comfortable. Yep. They get into rhythm, and that allows for those harder passes down the field to become a little easier because they've had success with these easy 10-yard routes because IU's corners are playing so far back. And again, is that a talent issue? Is that a safety issue that they don't trust it um, over the top? Is that a coaching thing that that's exactly how they're being told to play coverage? Uh, we don't know. But it has not worked whatsoever. Um, and Purdue, definitely not the level of receiver that they had under Jeff Brom. Uh, I think we can say that definitively. Uh, it's a, a group that I think leaves quite a bit to be desired. Um, for instance, I think Donovan McCauley is better than any receiver that Purdue has. Um, but... Deion Burks is a, a, a good player. He's definitely their go-to target. Seven touchdowns on the year. Uh, he's averaging uh, right around four catches per game. Uh, and then um, P.J. Sheffield is is fine as a, a veteran, you know, receiver. They they don't use the tight end as much as they did under Brom. Uh, the guy on offense that I'd actually most be concerned about is Tyrone Tracy. Uh, I think that he's really kind of been able to come into his own. Uh, he's averaging 6.55 yards a carry. He's up to eight touchdowns on the year now. And he's a decent threat out of the backfield. So I think that's a guy that Indiana has to be aware of uh, consistently. They will move him around some. Uh, they've got to be aware of where he is on the field, not let him get those explosive plays. If you can make Purdue's offense like drive down the field with long drives, they're probably going to screw something up. I don't think that they can, you know, move it effectively on you for a say 12 to 15 play drive. I don't think they can do that very often. Um, but, you know, are they capable of having a five play drive where they get a 50 yard play? Uh, you know, a big chunk play in there. Absolutely. So that's Indiana's going to have to be uh, ready for that. But again, I, the personnel of Purdue does not scare you. It's I use total ineffectiveness at the back end of the defense that scares you. Yeah. And, and Deion Burks against IU secondary. And I, I might now include Tyrone Tracy, who's been playing at running back. Um, it is my matchup to watch. Uh, Burks started off the year, uh, you know, on fire in the five games in August and September. Or in September, he had 20 receptions, 377 yards, four touchdowns. It kind of went cold in October, only nine catches, 49 yards and a touchdown. It's starting to pick that back up in November, 11 catches, 116 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And what stood out to me was his long touchdown against Fresno State in the opener. 
basically one of those quick slants, bounces off a tackler, um, dodges another tackler, and he's gone to the end zone. So he's a guy you're going to have to tackle well. Um, and then also, you know, that, that also goes to the guys up front as well. You have, you have to put pressure on the quarterback and you saw it when IU brought pressure and put pressure on Caden Hauser. He threw the ball away. Same when they got pressure on, on Paddock. Um, it just, you, you heat these guys up. They start to make decisions it throws off and, and you got to help your secondary, you know, with that as well. Um, so it, it's, it's we'll see what Indiana's health report is coming out. You hope that Nick Toomer comes back. I don't know. I don't know when he got injured against Illinois. He didn't look like he had a limp or anything uh, against Michigan State when he came out for senior day in street clothes. So I don't know if he's just, hey, wrapping it up, calling on a career, or if he's going to uh, put it on you know, put, put the pads back on for, for the bucket game, but guys like Kobe minor need to step up. He's played pretty well. You finally saw Jameer Johnson come back. He's been out basically the entire year after the, the Ohio state game. So, you know, hopefully he gets back into the rotation and then, uh, you know, Jamari Sharp and, and Jordan Shaw have, have shown their, their youth in there as well. And we'll see if uh, Philip Dunham plays because, you know, Tom Allen, benched him i mean it, it took what six years and 10 games uh it's, or six years and 11 games uh to to, to bench a guy so that's that's my my matchup to watch is Dion burks and the rest of the boilermaker wide receiver group against indiana's you know big play secondary so what's your matchup to watch tj yeah i, I think that is the obvious one to go with um, I'm going to go with Brendan Sorsby uh, and his continued growth and development uh, against the Purdue defense. Uh, I think that this is a, a unit that can definitely be had. Um, Purdue on the year, um, they, I just lost my note. Good podcasting right here, everybody. I'm in. Mid-season form. Oh, that's the end of the season. Uh, here we go. Okay. Purdue giving up uh, 384 yards a game. So that places them 66 in the country. Uh, they are the definition of average, I would say, um, as a defense. And that those numbers come against a schedule that features a lot of Big Ten West offenses. So I think that Indiana should, in theory, be able to have some success against this defense. And I, I, I kind of like watching Brendan Sorsby play. Uh, he plays hard. He, he runs the ball well. Um, what you're looking for is just consistency with his accuracy. Uh, and I, I do think that his biggest problems have come just as a set pocket passer. Uh, it seems that he is at his best when Indiana is moving the pocket and get, letting him use his legs to get outside of the pocket and either make a decision to run or to throw. I think he's generally made really good decisions. Uh, we even saw a couple of read options where he read the, the mesh correctly um, and, you know, 
made good decisions to get out of the uh, get out of the pocket, keep the ball, and get significant plays against Michigan State. So that was progress. I think he's gotten better at that, uh, and that was kind of the proof of it. Um, again, though, it it was just he was making good decisions, throwing to the right guys, and just missing the throw. Uh, that didn't happen all game. He did settle down, but it was at the start of the game where he really missed uh, at least one touchdown and possibly two uh, that guys were open with a lot of room in front of them and he dismissed. Um, so you're, you're looking for that continued progression of Brendan Soresby and it's against a Purdue secondary that I, I just, I think is very average. So I think Soresby could have himself a nice day um, when uh, on Saturday against the, against the Boilers, that's going to be my matchup to watch. And again, mainly it's because that's what I'm most interested in seeing moving forward is Brendan Soresby, because uh, I, I do think that's a guy that, that you could have leading your program, regardless of who the head coach is, you could feel good about leading uh, him leading the program uh, next season. Yeah, Let's quickly get into uh, keys to an Indiana win. TJ, what's, uh, what's one thing that Indiana has to do to come out victorious with the bucket on Saturday? They have got to do a better job in, uh, and we've been talking about the pass coverage. So let's get off of that dead horse and pressuring the quarterback. Uh, you mentioned it briefly. One of the best ways to help your secondary is to pressure the quarterback. IU has not done that consistently enough. Uh, you're talking guys like Linnell Carr, Andre Carter, um, Anthony Jones. I mean, it, Whoever you need to, to scheme to get in that opposing backfield, I think IU's got to have it. You've got to create those havoc plays as a defense, and Purdue's offensive line is not one that should be able to block IU's defensive front and keep them from getting some sacks. Uh, so that's one that Indiana's got to do. If you get this Purdue offense way behind schedule with a sack or a holding penalty, uh, that that is not something that that offense can recover from easily. So I, I like that as a key to Indiana's victory is getting consistent pressure in the opposing backfield. Yeah, mine uh, kind of off the beaten path, but has been talked about a lot, uh, especially in our group chat, is how both of these teams handle momentum. Right now, Indiana seems allergic yeah, to yeah. momentum. And every time they have a chance to either tack on a score or get the go-ahead uh, score or score and then need a stop on defense, it seems like they give that momentum right back. Last week we saw it with the interception and then immediately fumbled back. So it's how do you handle momentum? Uh, Purdue, too, there's, there, there's a reason they're 3-8. and eight. Can they handle a momentum swing as well? Or the, can they, are they going to give it right back? Um so that that's my key number one. What's the uh, second key for an Indiana victory on Saturday, TJ? I think that IU has to take advantage of red zone opportunities. Um, and that is going to be on defense and on offense. The defense has to execute better in the red zone. Teams are scoring uh, above 92% of their opportunities in the red zone. They're converting on IU for points. Uh, that is right near the bottom of the country. Um, and then on, on offense, IU has been much better uh, 
in red zone offense, they're actually 100% in their last three games. Very impressed with Brendan Soresby's ability in the red zone. So that's got to continue. Indiana needs to capitalize in the red zone on offense and do better in the red zone on defense. Purdue, not a good red zone offense. Uh, They were stopped twice inside the one yard line against Northwestern. So I think Indiana's got to win that red zone battle to come out on top. All right. And uh, my final key to the game, again, is is takeaways and turnovers. Indiana has done a pretty good job lately of getting those takeaways and turnovers. They uh, they need to continue to do that. And especially in a rivalry game, when you're looking to get momentum, those turnovers swing the game. And in a game where both fan bases are frustrated and you'll hear the moans and groans and, and all of those things, they'll go a long way. Um, but yeah, it's always, always in a game that, that is close between teams of equal talent, um, and things like that. Uh, Indiana and Purdue are also right there at nine and 10 and turnover margin. Indiana's at, at minus two, Purdue's at minus three. Uh, IU has gained 13 takeaways, three fumbles, 10 interceptions, Purdue at 15, Eight fumbles, uh, seven interceptions, uh, but they have given it away 18 times as well. And we'll see if Hudson Card plays. He has thrown a lot of interceptions this year as well. And then, of course, if he doesn't play, you have two freshman quarterbacks who, you know, if you put pressure on them, will probably make a mistake. So let's get into predictions, TJ. What's your prediction for Saturday? Uh, it is impossible for me to pick Indiana with the way that they have continued to give away games. Uh, so I'm going to go with the home team here to win. Uh, Purdue takes the bucket game, and I will go with a score of 24 to 21 as Indiana wins statistically and loses on the scoreboard. Wow. I, uh, I find it hard to pick Purdue. Um, but No, I, I do too. I think they're terrible. Uh, it's yeah. a really bad football team. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I I don't know. Uh, Michigan State's a really bad football team, too. And we yep. lost to them. So, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I sad. It is. Um, you know, Purdue, Purdue's gone through some hard times. They've lost uh, five out of the last six games. They – the, their their only win was a 49-30 win over Minnesota, which, look, offensively, they look great. Defensively, if you're giving up 30 points to Minnesota, you've got problems. Um, but Indiana's defense also has problems. However, and I'll, I'll put a, a caveat in there. If Hudson Card plays, I think Purdue wins. Um, if Hudson Card is out, I think Indiana takes it, uh, you know, uh, again, 27-24 in a ugly mosh pit of a game, but it's important for both teams. Uh, probably a little bit more important for Purdue to win than IU to win, but and, and a loss for Purdue could be devastating to the psyche of that program, sitting at 2-6, and 3-8. and eight. For Indiana, whatever happens after this game, uh, to know that you have the bucket, a little bit of momentum going into the off season and whatever happens um, 
it's you always want to end the season on a win, uh, especially over your most hated rival. And uh, so if Hudson card plays, I think Purdue wins 30, 31, uh, 21. Uh, and then if Hudson card doesn't play, I think Indiana takes it uh, 27, 24. So that's it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a wrap. Yep. And then uh, look, regardless of what happens on the field against Purdue uh, it's going to be a very interesting off season. There could be a coaching change. There could not, but either way, there will be lots of roster activity uh, with the transfer portal, with graduations, with incoming recruiting, outgoing. Uh, I mean, I, I think that there's just going to be uh, a lot of things to pay attention to. We will be covering all of it. So yes, I know terribly frustrating season and thinking about 2024 football might be the last thing some of you are interested in, but uh, it is going to be a very meaningful and interesting few weeks one way or the other. Yes, it it is. And we've already seen programs pull the plug on, on several coaches and, you know, the, the transfer portal opens up on December 4th. You have early signing period on December 20th. So uh, it is going to be a busy, busy off season. So stick with us at HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Indiana plays the final game of the season up at Purdue at ross Age Stadium. It'll be at noon kickoff on Big Ten Network. Uh, again, thanks for sticking with us all season. And uh, we look forward to covering the offseason for you guys. TJ, again, thanks for an awesome season of podcasting. And, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And then happy Thanksgiving to all our listeners as well. Yep. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We appreciate you. We are thankful. How about that? We are thankful for you listeners and uh, and readers. Uh, Beat Purdue. One, two, three. Four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.